it is interesting. I, I don't know how I can describe it other than I did feel a difference with the postpartum depression um, as opposed to bipolar disorder. I just feel like the postpartum depression was a whole different story, a whole different beast. Um, I had never, I had never experienced depression like that before, even with the bipolar disorder, just in the deepest, darkest. And, you know, it's like before I had kids, it's like, oh, if you're not feeling well, you can kind of just lay in bed and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, until it passes. But when you have kids, it makes it really hard. And there is, there is a whole other element of shame behind it and not being able to take care of your kids the way that you want. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. Today, I'm pleased to introduce a young woman who was born and raised in Arizona. She graduated from Brigham Young University in human development and was also able to serve a mission for her church in Trujillo, Peru. She has a husband and two daughters, and in her spare time, she enjoys playing volleyball and painting. She's also going to talk to us a little bit about what it is like to have bipolar disorder. I am pleased to introduce Erin Nimmer. Erin, are you ready to share your story of hope? Absolutely. Awesome. So you say here that you enjoy volleyball and painting. So tell me a little bit about when you have time to play volleyball as a busy mom. How does that work? (laughs) So um, I actually have played through our city before they have leagues and um i also play once a week just at the church building with a bunch of other ladies and a bunch of other moms who like to play so we usually just bring our kiddos with us and they just play while we play so it's it's worked out it's definitely i played volleyball in high school and so it's fun being able to do something that i've always enjoyed doing that doesn't have anything to do with my kids <laughs> just has to do with me <laughs> and i think that's important as you deal with all the stresses of motherhood that you have an an outlet where it's just you and i'm sure painting's probably the same way right for sure i i have always enjoyed doing anything creative and so that's just how my my brain loves to do anything creative so as I um, take the time out, with, usually it's in the evenings after my kids have gone to sleep, um, but as I have taken time to, to do that, to paint or to draw, um, it just, it's healthy. It's good. So I think it's, it's good for moms to find something that they like to do apart from their kids and try and do it as much as possible. <laughs> Amen. As a mom, I totally understand that and get that. <laughs> It helps you be a better mom when you have those creative outlets, I think. So fantastic. For sure. Awesome. Well, you mentioned high school. So let's go back to high school a little bit in your story, at least. 
and talk about some of the symptoms you started showing in high school and you weren't sure where they what they were. Yeah, so um, I in high school I had you know friends and volleyball and a lot to be happy about and thankful for. Um, but that's kind of when this um, disorder began and at the time I didn't know that that's what it was, but it started manifesting itself in depression. And, um, I remember, you know, it'd be like Friday night and my mom would say, don't you want to, you know, go out with your friends or go to the football game or whatever. And there were a lot of times where I just wanted to lay by myself in the dark and not talk to anybody or do anything. And at the time, I, I think I just saw it as maybe, a character flaw or something or you know just being a bad daughter or not a good student or whatever you know that I would tell myself um and you know my mom at the time she didn't understand what was going on either to where she would say you know get out of bed like get out exercise you know do something you know I would be depressed if I laid in bed all day and you know since then she's become one of my biggest advocates, but I think at the time she didn't understand, I didn't understand what was happening to me. And, um, but that's kind of how my journey with bipolar disorder started. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what bipolar disorder is so that we can understand a little bit better, especially those of us who don't understand it probably as intimately as you do, what it is, what it looks like. And, um, how your actual diagnosis came about. Absolutely. So <clears throat> bipolar disorder, it's a brain disorder. Um, it's also known as manic depressive illness. Um, and it causes unusual shifts in mood, energy, activity levels, you know, the ability to carry out day-to-day -day things. Um, and those with bipolar disorder, they cycle between manic Mm -hmm. states and depressive states. So for me, my manic symptoms manifested as, you know, being restless. I couldn't sleep. My brain felt like very overstimulated. I became very agitated and irritable easily. Um, I had racing thoughts, um, lots of anxiety. Um, and when I would cycle through my depressive state, um, you know, I would feel zero energy, no interest in things that I would normally enjoy doing, inability to concentrate. Um, I'd forget a lot of things. I kind of had this empty feeling, what you typically, you know, know is depression. And um, actually, a lot of people with bipolar disorder end up being misdiagnosed with depression because a lot of times when you're kind of going through the manic phase, you have a lot of energy and you're kind of manic or hypomanic, but um, it's not something that you really ask for help like you do when you're in a really depressive state and people can recognize it, you know, more as depression. Um, many people with bipolar disorder also have anxiety disorders, ADHD, substance abuse problems, you know, trying to self-medicate, right? eating eating disorders. Um, I, I was reading last night and, and learned that people with bipolar disorder, they're also at higher risk for thyroid problems, migraines, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, other physical illnesses. Um, and then one other thing to note is that people with bipolar disorder, you know, lots of times um, turn to alcohol or drugs um, 
to cope with that. Um, they have relationship problems, perform poorly at school, at work, so they're not able to hold, hold down a job because of, you know, cycling between those two things. Right. And um, the instability, you know, family, friends, and people experiencing symptoms may not recognize those problems as signs of a major mental illness, such as bipolar disorder. Um, and for that reason, you know, I went a lot of years not being diagnosed um, or, you know, being diagnosed with depression. Um, yeah. So when did the proper diagnosis actually get made? So in hindsight, I should have gone to a psychiatrist long before I did. Um, but, you know, once I got to college, that's when the manic issues started settling in and, um, I was up at school and I would just have huge panic attacks and, Mm -hmm. um, where I, you know, would be walking to school and just even the thought of being in class surrounded by people, I would just, you know, have freak outs and I had no idea what was happening. Um, I just, again, I just saw it as, you know, what's the matter with me? I just must be, you know, lazy, not a good student. Um, Right. You know, all, all those things. And I had a really hard time socializing, which, you know, like college is a time when, you know, you should be having fun with your friends. And I I wasn't most of the time I was in that state. And and so I was at, at school. I ended up dropping out for a while and coming home. Um, and we went to different doctors and we tried different things, you know, oh, maybe it's my adrenals. Maybe it's my thyroid. Right. Um, and I, I, it was a long time before I actually went to a psychiatrist, and that was in 2011. Right after after I'd gotten married, and I I walked into the psychiatrist and I just laid it all out. Uh-huh. You know, this is what I do. This is how I feel. And he gave me a pamphlet and said, "You have bipolar two disorder." And I looked at all of the symptoms and I was like, "Oh my goodness." That is me. Really? So you finally found what fit. Yeah. And it was at that time, it really was a huge relief that I could put a name to what I was experiencing. Um, And I could actually say like, hey, this is an actual brain disorder. It's not a reflection of me as a person. Yeah. And I think that was really um, liberating. And, you know, from that point, I still had hard times and I still had to go through finding what was going to help me. Um, but that was, that was really huge for me and huge for my family to finally be able to put a name to what I was experiencing. Um, that was a huge relief for me. Oh yeah. I can only imagine what a relief it was to finally get a proper diagnosis because from what I understand, uh, depression medication does not always work with people that have bipolar disorder. Is that correct? <laughs> Yes. And actually, it's one of the worst things that you can take um, as someone with bipolar disorder. And I was put on um, an antidepressant at at one point. And, um, you know, I gave it the time that it needed, you know, that they said that this is what's going to happen if it helps. And my mom said that she and I don't have any recollection of this, but she walked in my room and said my name. She said, Aaron was trying to get my attention and I looked over at her and she just said my eyes were glazed over and I was just 
hardly even responding to wow. her and she and she was like okay no we're not doing this this isn't <laughs> the right thing um so but that's what's really hard about bipolar disorder is like i said a lot of people who have it are misdiagnosed so with depression um so that was my experience with antidepressants but it was yeah. a bad thing <laughs> yeah it wasn't good very interesting wow so you mentioned one of the things that living with mental illness that's hard is the shame that goes along with it. Why don't you talk us through why that is? Yeah, so number one, I do think that there's a stigma attached to mental illness, um, you know, as being something that you can, you just need to snap out of and get over it, you know, right. and um that that's part of the reason why I've been so vocal about it, because I think that we know that so many people struggle with it, yes. whether it's bipolar disorder or depression or postpartum depression. Um, I had postpartum depression after the birth of my second child. And I, that was the first time I'd had that. And so as I was looking into it and seeing the statistics of how many women experience this mm -hmm. postpartum, I was just, I was shocked. I was like, why is this not talked about more? Why is this mm -hmm. not a thing where it's like, you know, it's the same thing as if you were to have any other type of physical ailment. But I think part of, part of that stigma comes from just people not understanding it. You know, if you haven't experienced it yourself, you, um, it's hard to understand and it's, it's not really something physical that you can see or even test. So, right. Um, that's what's hard, but, um, talking about the shame that goes along with that. Um, and just my experience, I just, I just beat myself up for so many years and, um, you know, it's hard, for example, with bipolar disorder, I couldn't, it was hard for me to stay in school. It was hard for me to hold down a job. It was hard for me to be consistent in like social engagements because I didn't know how I was going to feel. So I think that really takes a toll on your self-esteem mm. because you can't, you feel like you can't do what you want to do mm -hmm. and you feel like it affects the people around you, especially when you become a mom you know, because you want to be a certain kind of mom. And if you can't, you know, do everything you want to do, I think that that you can take a hit on your, on your self-esteem. And another example from my life was, um, I had always wanted to serve a mission for my church, right? Um, which is for women, it's 18 months and you get called to a certain place where you go and you serve people and you preach to people. And I, it was something that I always, always planned on doing and wanted to do so badly. Right. And when I turned in, um, my mission papers, um, I, in the back of my mind, I, you know, I think I thought, I don't know how this is going to go. Cause at this point I had had the depression. I had come home early from school and I had struggled in certain ways, but I didn't know that I was bipolar at that point in time. Right. Um, but I had just always dreamed of doing this. And so I thought I'm just going to do it and it'll be, you know, I'm sure I'll be okay. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, I, I got called to serve in Peru and, um, that, 
that situation of leaving home and going to a foreign country, learning a foreign language, being away from family and friends, you know, that situation is hard enough Mm -hmm. when you don't have a brain disorder. And so with that lifestyle of being on a mission and walking everywhere and, um, you know, just, just that lifestyle. And then adding on top of it, all of the things that I was experiencing, like heavy anxiety, um, depression, um, it was only a matter of months before I was really struggling and I wasn't sleeping at night. And I, I called my mission president, Mm -hmm. the president of the mission there. And I explained to him in the best Spanish I could, what was happening to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, he basically, you know, told me that you need to just get over it, you know, figure it out. Don't think about yourself. Just think about others and Mm -hmm. you'll be good. And, I mean, he didn't, I don't blame him for that. He didn't know, but, you know, I'm getting these priesthood blessings. Um, I'm praying. I'm doing everything that I feel like I should be doing to make this go away and it's not going away. So I felt extreme shame over that and like, Mm. oh, I just must not have enough faith because I'm not being healed. Um, And I think that there is that kind of idea that like oh you're sad well just push through it get over it and which for um, a normal person might work but for somebody that actually has a mental illness yeah that's not gonna work right (laughs) i'm i am all about i am all about pushing through you know life is hard and everyone's gonna have sadness and anxiety over some things and fear and all these things that we experience in life and Mm -hmm. i'm all about figuring out ways to help yourself and pushing through absolutely when you are capable of pushing through. Um, and I've never once like thought, Oh, I have bipolar disorder. So I'm just going to roll over and give up, you know, (laughs) I'm going to do, I'm going to do everything that I can in my power. Um, so I'm all about that. But when you have a real serious mental illness and you are not in the right mind and your brain isn't capable of doing those things that you so badly want to do, mm-hmm. there's a huge difference. And so I came home after six months, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be in 18 months. And I, my mom, when she saw me get off the plane, she just broke down crying because I looked half dead. I just, I had given it everything that I could have given it. Mm-hmm. And yet I quote unquote failed in my mind. I had failed because I had only made it six months or I had failed because I had to come home early from college because I hadn't gone to school in three weeks and I was too afraid to tell my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a lot of those things that I just focused on my failures um, and looking back, I can see that that wasn't the case. Um, But I just think there is a lot of that shame that comes um, from dealing with a mental illness for sure. Wow. That's, I can see how that would be so difficult to handle. And so your advice would be to be probably more kind to yourself. I don't know what, what advice would you give, uh, to people who, who are struggling with some of these symptoms, maybe not bipolar, but maybe they're feeling depressed. What, what would you tell them from experience? Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I I can easily see 
my triumphs and like the successes and just me trying was was good and was a success and um I like to give the example of you know when I after we'd gotten married I had been diagnosed bipolar but I mm-hmm. was really really struggling heavily and I had a really hard time um being in social situations and so when I would go to church um in our church you know we we take of the sacrament mm-hmm. and that's part of our service I would go and I would sit outside um, in the foyer, so outside the actual chapel, because mm-hmm. I couldn't be in with everybody else, and I would take the sacrament out there um, with maybe you know a couple of other people, and then I would leave right after. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, I would leave and I would go and get in my car, and I would just feel guilt. I'd feel you know like oh I'm I'm this or I'm that because I can't stay the whole time, right. and I would you know I would very quickly compare myself to what other people were doing or what I should be doing or um, I should be here. But that was not helpful to me at all. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, I can see I am so proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for what I did on my mission. I'm proud of myself for um, pushing through so many difficult challenges. And I'm proud of myself for like all of the little small victories, like, going and taking the sacrament and going home, you know, and I just think, so I think that the advice that I would give is that we just need to be kinder to ourselves. And if we, you know, and see what we can do and you want to push through and do what you can do, but then be okay with that and realize that God loves us so much in our trials and he does not expect us to do more than we can handle. And he doesn't want us to beat ourselves up when we, you know, or compare ourselves to other people. He wants us to be, to focus on the things that we can do and, and do that. Um, I love that. So that's, yeah. So find the positive then in your life story. So find, instead of looking at what you have done as a failure, look at it as an accomplishment. So just kind of tweaking your thinking a little bit. I loved what you said about looking at the things you can do too. That is so powerful. You know, um, instead of comparing and saying, well, so-and-so does this, look at them. Well, they probably don't have bipolar disorder. And so that's a completely unfair comparison. And saying instead, I am me. And I can do these things. And as I do these things, I'm, I am doing great for me. So I think just nipping that comparison bug in the butt and just saying, all right, I'm good for me. This is normal for me. I'm happy. And I'm going to celebrate these little things that I can do. So I love how you had that mental shift almost, I guess you would say, to seeing. For sure. Yeah, to seeing the positive. That's fantastic. Um, you also said that to realize that God loves you, how, what did you do to be able to feel God's love when you were feeling these depressive states? What did that look like for you? Well, that's really tricky because mental illness, it really can stifle your feelings. Um, and like, I think that there were lots of times where I did not feel 
the influence of the Holy Spirit. I didn't mm-hmm. feel um, his love. And so I didn't always feel like that. Um, I asked for it, but I didn't always feel that. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I felt very angry and abandoned and alone. And why is this happening to me? And, mm-hmm. um, but I, I held on to the little things that I did know. And I did hold on to the fact that I knew that God loved me, even though maybe in the moment I couldn't feel that. And one experience I had in particular, um, it was after we had gotten married and I was really in a bad place, really Mm -hmm. in a dark place. And I remember so clearly I was laying on the bathroom floor in the dark, just in the lowest, lowest state I'd ever been. I didn't want to live anymore. And Um, I felt so dark and I, in that moment had never felt God's love so completely as I did in that moment. I had this just love come over me and I had this feeling of this is really terrible right now. And I wish that I could just take it away. And I wish that I could just give you a hug, but I can't. And this trial is going to be for your benefit and for your family's benefit. And at some point you will see the reason behind it. And so that one experience of just knowing without a doubt that heavenly father loved me and Mm -hmm. saw me was all that I needed, I guess, to get me through. And so I think that it was important to try and, and, um, rely on those moments because I wasn't always going to be okay. And I wasn't always going to feel good. And I wasn't always going to feel loved. Um, and so that was an experience that I had that kind of has helped me through. And since then, I absolutely 100% have seen the numerous blessings that have come from this disorder. Mm. And, um, you know, I I have just seen so many blessings come and so many things that I've learned that I would not trade for a minute. And all of the anguish and the suffering that I've experienced, you know, over the last however many years um, <laughs> um, have been absolutely 100%, 100% worth it. Wow. What I, I, I love so many things about that story that you just shared. And I one of the things that I love is that you were able to take that moment and remember it. And I think that is so key whenever you're struggling is to pause and say, maybe I don't feel God's love now, but I remember that one time, you know, where I knew without a doubt that he loved me and I felt that. And so I love that power of remembering. Um, I think that's, that's just huge. And it's, it's something we can all do no matter how dark our day is. Right. So, um, that's a fantastic, fantastic thing. Now you mentioned blessings. I'm sure there are many of us out here wondering, what blessings could possibly come from all this suffering and all these hard times? Why don't you why don't you share a little bit of the insight there? What what blessings have you been able to see from this? I mean, obviously you're on you're at a different place now, so maybe we need to hear a little more of the story of how you've been able to 
get where you are today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think part of why I've been able to see that so clearly is because I'm in a really good place now. Um, in 2013, so 2011, when I was diagnosed, after that time, I had tried different medications and maybe some would help for a short time, but um, the ones that I took, they never quite got me to where I wanted to be. Right. Um, and then, you know, during that time, I, I went to a mental hospital for a while and it was just not, it wasn't good. Um, my mom heard about a supplement. It's just a micronutrient supplement, vitamins and minerals. Um, and I, at the time, I was like, sure, mom like a vitamin's going to help me with bipolar <laughs> disorder. But um, this specific, yeah. But I, I think I, at that point, I was pretty broken and I was willing to try whatever. Right. Um, so I tried it and um, it, within a few months, I began to see big changes. And um, now I have been on it for about mm, like six years. So I, I have done so, so well on it. And I, I feel thankful every single day that I was able to find something that worked for me and it's going to be different for everybody. And that is a huge challenge of mental illness. And that's something that I would encourage anyone who struggles with it to just do your best to push through and find anything you can that is going to help you. And it's going to be different for everybody, but that's what I found. I'm so thankful for it every day because it really did bless me to be able to have children. I never thought that that was going to be a possibility for me, mm-hmm. but I was able to have two kids. Then in general, I'm just living a normal and happy life. So, um, so that's kind of how I got to where I am today. And I'm so thankful for that because it's blessed me to be able to do a lot And it has blessed me to get to where I am today to be able to see all of the blessings that have come through that bipolar disorder. Um, And I I still definitely feel bipolar and I feel the ups and downs, but they're completely manageable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's what's so awesome about it. So um, regarding, you know, all of the things that I have learned through this experience. Yeah. Bipolar disorder has been one of the greatest blessings of my life and that sounds very interesting to say but I would not I wouldn't take it away for anything um it has taught me to be more compassionate to other people Mm. um because we really we see people but we don't know what their lives are like and we don't know what they're experiencing internally and when I for example when I see someone on the side of the road you know, begging for food or, or money. I, I see them differently because honestly I see that. And I think that could totally be me in a Mm. second. You know, if I hadn't had the family support, if I hadn't had the resources available to me, I absolutely understand, um, being in that situation. And anyway, I just think that our trials are huge blessings because they allow us to, relate to one another, to have sympathy and empathy for one another, to be able to help each other. And I'm just thankful for that aspect of life because truly if we, you know, like we learned in the scriptures, if we didn't know hard times, we wouldn't know the joys. And I've been able to see that in my life. I'm able to get through the hard times because I know that 
I also am experiencing joy in my life too. So um, I, it has taught me so much about the atonement of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talk about the atonement a lot in terms of washing away our sins, and that's absolutely a huge part of, of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm referencing more, you know, the part about how we can quite literally lay our burdens at the feet of our savior and that he will lighten our burdens and they won't necessarily be taken from us. But I have always felt, I have been able to feel his power and just asking for help for his help and him being there and feeling his love for me. Um, so I'm thankful for that. That's knowledge awesome. and th- that that I've learned. Um, I have learned that it's very important to talk. Um, and this is something else that I hope that anyone out there who experiences any type of mental health issue that, um, you know, we shouldn't be ashamed to reach out for help and to talk about it. And I think that as we as a society get more comfortable doing that, then, you know, teenagers who might be experiencing depression that that might be more extreme um can feel more comfortable reaching out and saying hey this isn't normal i think i'm i have depression and have right. it be something that is okay well what should we do about it where should we go who should we talk to you know mm-hmm. what should we try um and that people don't have to feel ashamed about that um and then the last thing that i'll share that i have learned is that you are loved and you're needed and you are unique and you have a unique perspective to give and to offer the world and that we have the ability to take the hard things and turn them around and use them to strengthen us and to um, love others and to help others. And so I just have hoped that through doing this and through being open about my struggles that even if there's one person out there who can hear it and say, Oh, that sounds like something that I have felt before, or, um, you know, that they can feel like they're a little more understood and that they can feel like they're loved and that they aren't alone. So that's awesome. I do think that so often when we have these challenges happen, we do feel alone and um, it's an awful feeling to feel like I'm the only one that feels this way right now. Um, and so it is so neat to me as I've been able to interview different people to have them open up and share their stories. And just listening to different people's stories of how they felt that way helps me realize that really when you feel that way, Everybody feels that way at some point. You know, every person I've interviewed has felt alone at some point. And and nothing could be farther from the truth, as you know, from that experience on your bathroom floor, that God is always with us, especially in our deepest, darkest moments. But I think that's one of the common things that we as people here on earth, we struggle with life and challenges and there's going to be times when we feel very alone but talk about it I love that I love that bit that you just said that it's important to be willing to talk about it and I think as people talk about it they'll find that it's it's very common it really really is yeah well and I think that it's therapeutic for you as well 
Um, but I will also say that this has come over many years for me mm-hmm. of practice and um, experience. There was a long time where it was a lot harder for me to talk about. Um, and it's just not as draining for me, I guess you, you could say. But I think we need to be patient with ourselves. You know, it's, I don't think, you know, it might not necessarily be as healthy for one person to be as open as another person. You know, you got to mm. fill out what's helpful for you. Um, right. But it's taken me a long time to get to this place where I'm just talking about it like what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> so you've come a long way, dear. <laughs> I've come a long way. That is awesome. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, Erin, would you mind telling us a little bit about what it was like to have postpartum depression and also share with us some of the resources you found helpful with bipolar disorder? I would love to. Awesome. How many of you out there feel like your life is chaotic, crazy, and completely awful compared to the norm? What if I were to tell you that you are normal for you. I am so excited to announce that my book, Normal For Me by Tamara K. Anderson is now available for purchase on Amazon. This book took me 10 years to write and I share 20 years worth of lessons learned in my life detours, including being in a car accident and having two of my children diagnosed on the autism spectrum. In this book, I share the secrets of how I made it from despair to peace with God's help. I also include a bonus diagnosis survival guide at the very end of my Normal For Me book. The diagnosis survival guide includes 12 tips to survive and thrive in tough times. Wouldn't you like to know what those are? So what are you waiting for? Grab your copy of Normal For Me today on Amazon. And we're back. I'm talking to Erin Nimmer today about what it's like to have bipolar disorder. And she's been able to share some amazing lessons about how she has felt God's love through this trial and gained greater compassion for others. She is also a wife and mother, and I can only imagine that is a super challenging thing to be dealing with as as a person who struggles with mental illness, but you also mentioned that you had postpartum depression after the birth of your second daughter. Would you mind talking to us a little bit about what that was like on top of having bipolar disorder? And could you tell a difference? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I was on that supplement, which is vitamins and minerals. So I took it throughout, you know, my pregnancies after the birth of my first daughter, I, um, I did really well. And then I had my second daughter 22 months later. Mm -hmm. And I think it just was a lot for me, for my brain, my body. And, um, probably for about a year after I had my second, I just struggled really, really bad. And, um, it is interesting. I, I don't know how I can describe it other than I did feel a difference with the postpartum depression um, as opposed to bipolar disorder. I just feel like the postpartum depression was a whole different story, a whole different beast. Um, <laughs> oh, I had you. never I had never experienced 
depression like that before, even with the bipolar disorder, just in the deepest, darkest. And, you know, it's like before I had kids, it's like, oh, if you're not feeling well, you can kind of just lay in bed and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, until it passes. But when you have kids, it makes it really hard. And there is there is a whole other element of shame behind it and not being able to take care of your kids the way that you want. And so anyway, I ended up, um, and I should have done it sooner, but I ended up going on a medication, um, for the postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and it just lifted it right off. So yeah. And then once it lifted it, I was able to go off of the medication. And since that time I've just been on the, um, the vitamins that I take. So anyway, I just, I think I feel very grateful for that experience because I do feel like it gave me a perspective on postpartum depression and how, um, suffocating it can be, especially when you're trying to take care of kiddos, which is hard enough on Mm -hmm. its own when you're sane. So, um, (laughs) I'm grateful for that experience. It, and And it's kind of part of why I'm grateful is because I feel like it's helping me advocate, advocate more for, um, women who, who deal with postpartum depression and issues. So, wow, that is, that's amazing that you were able to get through that. Um, would you say that the difference maybe between bipolar disorder and postpartum was that you didn't have the cycles like you didn't have the manic and then the depressant was postpartum depression, just solid um, depression. I I, I don't know as a person who hasn't (laughs) experienced either. I'm just trying to piece it together in my brain. Yeah. That's what's hard too, is I think I was experiencing bipolar because I was anyway, I think I was experiencing bipolar symptoms as well, but it's kind of, Ah. It's kind of hard to describe, but I will say that I just felt like there was a cloud over me and over my brain and I just, and my body, and I just could not escape it. And I felt, I felt super hopeless, honestly. And just, I don't think I'd ever felt that severely depressed before. So Mm. I'm, I'm really grateful that I got through that. And how did um, you get through that? Seriously, though, I, I was lucky enough to have a lot of support from my family who lives close by. And honestly, they took care of my kids a lot. So I'm grateful that I had that. I guess just finally deciding like, okay, what I'm doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. What what else can I do? And I, I'm fortunate enough to have like a husband who's super supportive and was like, what do we need to do to help you? And And it was something that we talked about constantly. So I think that's important to not just... And I think it's easy for moms to just hide away and not talk about it and to feel like, oh, I'm the only mom. I'm a bad mom. I'm the only one that's, you know, feeling like this. I think that that's Mm -hmm. a dangerous thing. It's like you need to reach out and say, hey, this isn't normal. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't normal postpartum hard stuff. This is um, me like not wanting to live anymore or me having me having really bad thoughts or, you know, so. Yeah. So it's, it's a willingness to be completely open and honest about it, even though you might not want to be. 
Yeah. And, and like I mentioned before, I think as we, we as a, like a community, a society can get to where it's like, that is a normal thing. Like after a, a woman has a baby and for months after check in, how are you doing? How are you really? And I've been really annoying to my friends who have had babies. I'm like, how are you really <laughs> doing? Are you really okay? Or, you know, what? It's just because I, I know how terrible that was. It's like, it, it's like beyond normal, terrible after mm. having a baby. It's, it's like yeah. really bad. And so, yeah, I guess it's just, that's why I'm like, I talk about it a lot because I want it to get to that place to where it's just, oh, so-and-so is struggling with postpartum depression. Okay. How can we help her? What can we do? Right. And does she have the resources that she needs? Has she talked um, to her doctor yet? <laughs> has, she talk, has she talked to her doctor? Uh, you know, um, so I just think that that's the, the key. And that's what's so important about this is just talk, talk, talk. So people, it's normalized. Right. And so people can get the help that they need. Yeah. So if you're struggling with postpartum depression, get help. Right? Absolutely. Don't, don't try to do it by yourself. It's just too hard. Yeah. yeah. You need help. You need people if you get the help you need, you'll make it. So hang in there. Hope on, right? Yeah. Definitely. So you have had some amazing experiences in your life. And the fact that you are so proactive and full of life and hope right now, just you are such an example. So thank you for being willing to share this story. What how have you changed as a person, do you think, from going through all of these experiences? Honestly, I just feel incredibly grateful. I just feel, I feel grateful to be alive. Mm. I feel grateful to be in a place where I'm healthy. Um, when I do have difficulties, when I have hard days or when I have moments where I'm like, I don't feel the best. I feel like I can get through it because I know that there are good days ahead and that there are good moments ahead. And, um, but overall, you know, it's a dream to me to be able to be a mom. And so, for example, just yesterday, I'm driving down the street and I, I peek back, I look back and I see the face of my three-year-old, mm -hmm. which is just I mean, I'm biased, but she has the cutest face that ever existed. <laughs> um, but I see her face and we smile at each other and I just start crying. And I, I, I cry, I think, more than the average person. But a lot of that, a lot of that, those tears just come from an overwhelming gratitude that I am alive and that despite my challenges, I'm able to live and, um, it hasn't always been like that, but I'm just grateful for any time I'm in a place where I can just live and that I can just take care of my kids like a normal person. So that's, I, I guess that's kind of what has changed, just my perspective on being alive, of being a mom, of being a person. And yeah. That is so awesome. It's amazing what looking for moments of joy and gratitude will do for a person. Um, I know there have been studies that talk about, you know, having people look up and and write down little things that they're thankful for and how that really does change their entire perspective. And it looks like you've just kind of done this on your own, that you've been able to just say, you know what, 
I am thankful. I am thankful each day and finding those things to be thankful for. That's and, and I will, I will say that, you know, I'm in a place I am physically, mentally able to do that. You know, right. I, I, I have been in places where I'm not thinking clearly, I'm not capable of that. And so that's the difference, you mm-hmm. know, and I, and I, I just want that to be clear because I know that there are people who it's like, I never want it to be like, well, just be grateful. Right. No, (laughs) no, no, you're right. No, this is, this is the type of thing that has come over years and I'm in a good place. I'm in a good, healthy place. So it's gratitude that God has kind of helped you through all these huge mountains in in the middle of your road and, and you've come through on the other side. So let's get to these resources because these are powerful things that that have helped you along the way. You mentioned that there was a song that was particularly helpful to you uh, when you were struggling. Would you mind telling us a little bit about this song and where it is? And we'll link all these resources in the show notes for anyone who is interested in finding these things. I really love the song Redeemer by Paul Cardall. Um, C-A-R-D-A-L-L. Um, it's just a, it's a song and it's just piano. And I just, every time I listen to that song, I just feel peace and I love it. Um, in general, I would say resources. I, I think that if people are feeling like there's a serious issue that, you know, they need to take care of, then definitely, you know, seek out medical professionals. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I have done counseling in the past and I think that has been super helpful. I think every single person on the planet could benefit from counseling because we <laughs> so all, let's, let's we just all, destroy that stigma right there. If you go to a counselor, it's normal. <laughs> right? Oh no, absolutely. I think that it's great and super healthy to talk through things with someone who number one is a professional, but also someone who is kind of an impartial person right. to talk to, not, not someone who, you know, cause if I talk to my mom, it's always going to be coded with love, which is great. And I talk to my mom all the time, but, mm-hmm. um, it's good to seek out a professional. And I think counseling is awesome. Um, an awesome resource to, to, um, learn how to deal with things that you're struggling with. And really now, like I'm doing well, but I also feel like there are these residual issues that have come up from just dealing with bipolar disorder for so long, like control issues um, Mm. and just feeling like things have to be a certain way. Um, And that just comes from years and years of not being able to control how I felt. I had to experience that control in other aspects of my life. So just things like that, I think it's good to work through. So the other thing, um, you know, I mentioned that vitamin that I take. um, Yeah. Please tell us a little and bit about that, it. You know, since since I have taken it, you know, my mom was very vocal about like, if this thing helps you, it will be a miracle and I'm going to share it with everybody. And that's <laughs> kind of what happened. And it's been really, it's brought me a lot of joy to see just how it's helped a lot of other people too. And so it's just basically, it's, it's micronutrients. It's something that our bodies and our brains need to function right. And, mm-hmm. um, they just, it's a kind of a long story, but they just found that it helps a lot of people with, um, with lots of different issues, but 
um, mainly mental health issues. And so I, um, it's just been awesome. And I have been giving it to my kiddos because they made it, they made it into a form and kind of into like kind of a little pixie stick. So each of my girls takes it every day. And, um, my two-year-old, she, um, was having these meltdowns, which two-year-olds have meltdowns, right? Yes, that is, they do. That is a typical two-year-old behavior. <laughs> but she was having these meltdowns that were just, she wouldn't make eye contact with me. They were happening every single day, at least once a day until she would just completely exhaust herself. And I wow. couldn't distract her away from it. And she was hitting and scratching herself and all of those things. And it was really hard to see. And so when I found out that they were, cause I would usually take it in capsules, but when I found out that they were making it into this form that kiddos could take it, I was like, she needs that. So mm. as soon as I was, I was able to get some my hands on some, I started giving it to her. And, um, within three days they went away completely. Wow. And I was like, what? I mean, if anyone's, <laughs> if anyone's going to be a believer in this, you know, and these micronutrients, it's me because it completely and totally changed. I'm a completely different person on them. But, um, to see that was just like, wow. And then I ran out cause I only got a certain amount cause mm-hmm. it was just kind of the beginning, beginning stages. And within a few days they came back oh, and my husband no. was like, uh, did you stop giving her that stuff? And I'm like, I ran out. I got to get more. (laughs) You're like, send it to me ASAP. (laughs) Yes. So as soon as I got it and started giving it to her, um, they, it went away again. And since then, I mean, it's been like four months and I give it to both my kiddos. Um, you know, mental health problems that arise because their brain isn't getting what it needs to function. So, um, anyway, so that has been awesome. So tell and us what, what these micronutrients are called and, and we'll definitely put a link to it in the show notes, but yeah, so it's called empower plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been around for a really long time. Um, but I had just, you know, found out about it about six years ago. So Wonderful. that is what I, that is what I take for bipolar disorder. I don't take any other medications or anything, but that is what I found helps me and I've seen it help a lot of other people with similar issues. And so I'm really grateful for it. It's great for me to know that, you know, cause having kids I've, I've been concerned like, you know, because bipolar disorder is genetic. Oh. So I'm, I'm like, what am I passing on to my right, kiddos? Um, right. So knowing that there's something that I have found that works so well for me and is healthy for me that I can give to my kids has been um, kind of a load off. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. And then um, would you mind also telling us, you you said you had a verse and a quote that you wanted to share that were particularly helpful to you as as you've been struggling with uh, mental health issues. Would you mind sharing those with us as well? I would love to. So there um, is a scripture that um, part of it says, thou knowest the greatness of God and he shall consecrate, consecrate thine afflictions for thy gain. Ooh, and I, I held that. on to that. I held on to that for a long time because I, I do know God and I have had experiences of my li- in my life that have really built up this knowledge that he lives and that he loves me. Um, and I've held on to that and in knowing that these this affliction specifically, um, mental illness has, um, would be for my gain. And mm. I absolutely, that is absolutely true. I have seen that, um, come about in my life. It is 
shaped me into a better person. It shaped me to be a better mom, better wife. And, um, so that has brought me a lot of peace over the years. Um, the quote that I wanted to share is from a leader in our church, um, who gave a talk on mental illness specifically. And, um, this talk was actually given during a time when I was really, really struggling back in 2011. And um, it was just, it brought me so much peace because I felt like I was justified. And it, it was like someone, someone that I respected a lot and loved a lot mm-hmm. to say um, all of the things that he said, which it was just, it brought me a lot of peace and comfort and um, this quote specifically I loved. He said, um, so how do you best respond when mental or emotional challenges confront you or those you love? Above all, never lose faith in your father in heaven who loves you more than you can comprehend. That love never changes. It is there for you when you are sad or happy, discouraged or hopeful. God's love is there for you whether or not you feel you deserve it. It is simply always there. Never, ever doubt that and never harden your heart. And I love that every single person on the earth, God loves every single one of us. He, and that love never, ever changes. And when I was in the middle of my deepest, darkest days and just felt like worthless and felt terrible about myself or felt bad about how I was affecting those around me, um, just knowing that God's love is always there for us, no matter what. And it's there for us when we don't feel like we deserve it. It's just simply always there. And I know that that is so true. Um, God has been so good to me in my life. And I am so thankful for um, all of the joys that he has given to me in my life and all of the blessings. And I thank him all the time for the trials that he has given me, which have allowed me to grow and become more of the person that I want to become, um, which is like him. Mm, That is, that is so profound. Um, It's interesting how much we can truly learn from our hardest experiences. And you have just shared like a boatload of knowledge in this short amount of time. And I'm so thankful that you've been able to share with us how you've made it through and especially the message of God's love that he loves you and he loves each of us. I think that's a powerful message to really end on. Erin, thank you so much for sharing your story of hope and taking us on your journey through bipolar disorder and postpartum depression and how you've been able to come out on top. So thank you for sharing your story of hope. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. I know that there are many of you out there that are going through a hard time and I hope you found things that have been useful today as you listen to the podcast. If you would like to access the show notes from today's podcast, visit my website It is storiesofhopepodcast.com. That is where you'll find favorite quotes from today's episode and shareable memes. And those are fun because you can share them with your friends on social media. You will also find the links mentioned throughout today's episode so you don't have to remember what those were. 
and also all the tips that were shared. Sometimes tips are shared so much throughout an episode, you forget what were those great things. So go to the show notes, storiesofhopepodcast.com to look up these fantastic resources. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a tip that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this episode with them. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help bear that burden. Above all else, remember God loves you.